Ever wonder what life lessons and driving have in common? Everything. And I mean everything. Listen in with our guest today as he brings powerful and transformational lessons to life. Trapped by the belief that I'm not good enough, bound by the limitations and the lies that consumed my world, this was me. It wasn't until I took the biggest leap in my life to know and trust the power within. And it was at that moment I made a choice. My past will not define me anymore. Hello, I am Terry Carangela, and I know I am not alone in this. Over the years, I have found that the number one mistake that we make is that we get in the way of our own success story. Yes, I said it. On this show, together we'll tackle limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, getting stuck, fear, doubt, overwhelm, and the imposter syndrome. Join us on this journey designed to transport you beyond your limitations to a world where anything is possible. This is Talking with Terry. Hi, and welcome back to Talking with Terry, where we have powerful conversations to transform your life and your business. And we have our guest today is none other than Jim Jacobs. He is a professional speaker, counselor, and coach. He is the author of Driving Lessons for Life, Thoughts on Navigating Your Road to Personal Growth, which I have the first copy here with me today, but he's also releasing another book. So I'll have him share more about that. Welcome, Jim, to the show. Good morning, Terry. Thank you so very much for having me. It's a privilege to be with you. I love following you and your work, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to take this time with you. too. So we've known each other for a real, I feel like forever. And it's just, you know, it's, it's been so magical to like, like how our lives collided and then like just this really fantastic friendship. And, you know, you're, you're such an inspiration to me and like all the people that you serve. And so I'm honored to have you here with us because this is, I'm telling you, we don't have very many men on here, but when we do bring men on, I'm just saying they're kind of like a big deal. Okay. So <laughs> Jim. Thank you for being here. So I want people to get to know you a little bit, but how did you get to be where you're at today? Thank you for asking. And Terry, I just have to show my copy of the book too, because as you know, your name is on the bottom of it, writing the forward. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. It is so exciting. I will never forget the day you walked into my office, like probably 15, 16 years ago, and the privilege of meeting with you. I have wanted to be a counselor my entire life and wanted to find a way to make a difference in other people's lives. It's been a fun adventure to learn the trade, working with people. How do you help people realize change? And I just have such a belief in people that people have within them the strengths and the tools and the resiliency, and sometimes they just need help to unlock that. And it's been my privilege over two decades or more to help people to do that. And then being able to have the privilege of writing a book and then the second book coming out, just trying to find a way to reach more and more people, to to help more people, to realize their dreams, live better lives, to be creative, to be fearless, to be fun. Um, Many things that you talk about in in your book, in your podcast. It's it's a great work. Yeah. And I just think that there's so many people on this planet, right? And there is an abundance of people like ourselves that are helping, you know, the transformation. And I think more than ever before, and I've said this a ton on the show, I know, but more than ever before, we are, we are being asked and being called 
to step into it. Like it is like, it's kind of like, I don't want to be so graphic to say it's kind of like a do or die time. Like, it's like, we got to step up. Like there, we have got to bring more love and more light to this planet in so many different ways. And so thank you. Like just the, the people that are out there, the coaches, the therapists, the counselors, the psychologists, the, you know, the light workers, the healers. I mean, we all have a place in space in this planet and um, we're all being called to like sh- show up in our fullest capacities. And if we can help other people do it, the more, the more leverage and the more power we can bring together as a, as a whole. For sure. I mean, the word that comes to my mind is urgency. There just feels like there's an urgency to grow, to become, to, to rise up, to do something different, to, to be better. And I'm just getting chills because I just feel like you're right. There is the sense of urgency that's happening. And so for the listeners that are listening in right now, it's like, think about like, what is it that you know in your heart of hearts that you're supposed to be doing? You know, what have you been silencing? What have you been avoiding? What have you been resisting? Like, what is that? Because that is a message that you are being given and it's, it's time to start listening to it. Yeah. And really my story of my book is kind of that I, I had this crazy idea of wanting to do something different to help people. And, and I, I didn't have any idea how to write a book or how to do anything like that. And uh, it was such a scary process, but I just felt the call to do it and had this idea of we spend so much time in our cars, like the average American spends 25 hours a week in the car. And I was like, what if there's a way we could learn from that when we're sitting in the car? And, and I wanted to do it in a way that people would remember it. And, but I was terrified. I had no idea how to write a book. I didn't know anybody who had ever written a book. And, and so getting started was such a scary process. You know, and I absolutely love, um, so I'm holding up his, the, the driving lessons for life, the first book, but what I love is like you weave it, like the metaphor is just woven throughout the book and there's such juicy, yummy quotes throughout this book. And I want to share some of those and we can have a conversation about some of these. I'm anxious um, to see what you picked. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? I hope so. Um, and I think maybe because they pop out for me because like, they resonate for me, but like, I don't know if for the listeners, you can't see this, but I have like marked up his book. So you guys will need to get, I think you need to get both. Like I am certain, you know, you can get like a bundle deal or like something. So like for buy sure. both, buy both and just like support local authors. Right. But I want to start off with this quote. It says, you will never end distracted living. I'm sorry. Pause. Let me re-see that. Re- let me, uh, re-say that. We will never end distracted driving until we end distracted living. I mean, that is good. So speak more about that. I mean, that's been one of my taglines that I just repeat over and over again. We so love shows about the undead, like the zombies and the walking dead. <laughs> we get it because there's too many of us staring at our phones. There's too many of us looking at a screen all day long. We're Netflix binging or whatever. And we're having more contact with our screens than we are eye contact with each other. And the pandemic just it magnified that with now we're all doing Zoom meetings and all that. And we have got to find ways to get our heads out of the, the screens that we look at and get ourselves back to face-to-face interactions. We need touch. We need people. We need relationships. And, and distracted driving is certainly a big problem, but distracted living is really what's behind it. We've, we've got to turn off some of the notifications and the beeps and the alarms and the bells that go off and really live our lives. You know, during the pandemic, there was a, 
a great, I think it was called the social dilemma. Hopefully mm-hmm. I'm saying that correctly. Yes. And I watched that and I was like, and in total transparency, like I did not think I had an issue with my phone. And then after watching that, I was like, I have an issue. And I, I kind of prided myself on like, you know, like I'm like small girl, country girl. And so when I'm in, when I'm in conversations with people, my phone does not leave my purse or my back pocket. Like it is, it is not on the table. It is not because I want to be focused and engaged in that conversation. But I realized that at, you know, in the evenings or, you know, like how readily available we are. And so I, I'm going to say this and this is kind of embarrassing, but I had my phone hooked to my charger right next to my, my end table. Okay. And, and I would look at it and then I put it away, but sometimes you're right. Like talking about the social dilemma, you would get like a being or a notification. So you felt like the urge to look at it or whatever. And um, I was like, why am I, why do I have my phone in my, in my bedroom? Okay. And I was like, I use it for an alarm clock. I'm like, that's why I have it there. Right. Sure. I got rid of my alarm clock. Years like ago. And so, you know what I did? So that was one of the reasons why I had my cell phone in my, so I just asked, why do I need this device in the bedroom? One was for the alarm clock. And the second reason is before the flashlight, right? Because I would, oftentimes I get into bed and the last thing that I do before I go to bed is write my gratitude journal. And I would need light and I don't want to turn my lamp on because my husband's usually like getting ready to go to bed or he's winding down and a bright light is not like, respectful. Sure. So those are the two reasons I had it in my phone. So you know what I went and did? I went and bought myself an old fashioned alarm clock <laughs> and I bought myself a little tiny flashlight <laughs> and stuck it in my drawer. But I moved out the phone out of the um, bedroom. And so it's no longer in there. And, and we put it down in the, you know, downstairs at a reasonable time, like usually eight o'clock, everything is like, okay, up to bed, whatever, retract everything else. But that was a big thing. And I was like, oh my heaven. So if there is a reason why you're keeping your phone, just, you know, if it's, if we can just limit the amount of time that we're on that phone, because that is a big distraction. Yeah, for sure. And you're a great example. And, and if I could show you my nightstand, you'd see that I have an old fashioned alarm clock and a small lamp as well, because it's just too easy. Even Google, like one of their commercials has us, I'm the first thing you see in the morning and the last thing you see at night. And it's about our phone. And you and I have both been to restaurants or to other places and people went there presumably to have quality time, but you have a husband and wife staring at their phones together. And I so you kind of release a hold on that. And it can be hard. I, I think you probably know this about me that about two or three times a year, I do a media fast and I, I literally go and put everything away and just don't spend any time on it so that I can make changes like you made. So thanks for inspiring us with an idea to disconnect a little bit more. So connect. Yeah. It's just like, you know, take a moment to disconnect. Like I had this, so some of those restaurants back in the day when they started putting out those little technology devices on the, like, I'm not going to say the names of the companies that have them, but you go in and you can pay your bill and there's games. And I'm like, and my my daughter was young when it happened, when when these devices came out. So I would get to the, I'd kind of like run to the table and my husband would like kind of dilly dally with our daughter walking to the table and I grab it and stick it on the floor in the back. And so she wouldn't even see it because I was like, there's no way like we're going to engage this behavior in our family time, you know? So, you know, whatever we need to do to like limit that is, but you're right. Like, and, and this is just one element, but like, I think about, you know, how distracted are we in our relationships and how distracted are we in 
you know, just everyday life. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. and There's I think, I don't know, you've probably done the research on this, but like the amount of accidents that are happening, they're tying it directly to, you know, being distracted on phones and text and, you know, so put that phone away, <laughs> especially when you're driving. In the new book, we talk about, there's a quote in there that says, we don't, we don't need driverless cars. We already have them um, because we're <laughs> on the phones or we're doing something else instead of paying attention to the road. So we get it. Yeah. Thanks, Terry. That's so I, I have to ask you because there's like a bazillion chapters in this first book and there's like a bazillion and a half more in the second, in the second. And, there, and what I love about this is like your chapters are sweet, short and sweet and to the point. Yeah, that's and the so good. they're, but they're, and they're like, you could almost really, if you wanted to, you may not, I mean, I'm just going to say it. You could like literally open the book and just pick a chapter. Like, like what message do I get to receive today? And like yeah. open the book and like, just read and be like, be filled up. So like how, I mean, there's so, I mean, you had, I mean, how did you like, I mean, there's so much like metaphors that you've tied into this. I mean, it, it, how did you come up with all of these? I, I just, uh, again, the idea just popped into my head um, back, back in 2013 or whatever about how these experiences we have on the road mean something. And the idea popped in my head is what if we could turn this into a lesson? And so I began to see, and really it probably started when I was learning how to drive. My stepfather would often say some things and there's some chapters in there, like we'd be in the car and he'd say, if that light's green now, it's probably going to be red later. And I was like, oh, okay. Or <laughs> second chapter of the book you're holding is get in the lane you want to be in and stay in it. That was a quote from my stepfather who said, get in the lane you want to be in and see it, stay in it. And then I began to think about it and go, wait, that's, that's a life lesson. Like choose your path. You, know, you were just talking about that earlier. Just choose your path and go forward and make something happen and get in that lane and stay in it. And so it was kind of a combination of how I was taught to drive combined with just seeing it. And then I wanted to find a way to get people to remember things. Like most self-help books have great ideas. There's so much good stuff out there, but I wanted to do something that's never been done before. And I mean, it is, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. The thing is when people comment and they'll say like exactly what you said, they'll just pick a chapter. There was a family that commented to me that every night they read just one little chapter. I mean, you're for sure going to learn something about driving from these books but you're also going to learn something about living. And then every time that driving experience happens, you're going to remember the lesson about living. And that's what's fun about it. And this is going to be great for teens too. Like this, this book sure. is like great for teens that are actually learning how to drive as well. Okay. So another quote that I wanted to highlight is, what if instead of noticing and focusing entirely on when things go wrong, we focus on ways to find out whether we are doing well? Like, you know, like, again, like instead of focusing on the things that are going, you know, wrong, like focusing on what's going right, you know? For sure. For sure. I mean, sometimes we, we get in our car and we have all these lights that go off on our dashboard. And I don't know if any of them are designed to tell us something good is happening. Like they're yeah, all- Yeah, you call those in your book, you call those idiot, idiot lights. And I was like, oh, that is so good. Like the idiot lights. So tell people what the idiot lights are in your car. And I don't know if anybody else has ever called them that, but that's what my family has always called them because they're not really helpful. Like a light goes off on your dashboard that tells you something wrong, but you don't know what's wrong. It just says check engine or yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the indicator lights. Right. Yeah. And, um, but you have to go research. Like one time I had this like little design that had like a little, 
a little dippy dippy and then like a like a, almost like parentheses and I'm like what is that apparently that's low tire pressure yeah but who knew because you have to like okay what is the symbols what is what is this and sometimes you know what because we don't know and it's a pain in the rear to go research it like right. we we don't take care of it yeah. Right? yeah I mean how many of us in life like we have a stomach ache and we're like oh the stomach ache hurts and then like a week later it's still hurting and we're like yeah yeah we shouldn't like you know, like we just dismiss it as not really relevant or not really important, but our body is again, very similar to our car. Like our body is giving us indicator lights. And yeah. so often we don't listen to those. <laughs> and we're so used to just this negativity flashing in our face, whether it be like you said, a stomach ache that we have to ignore because we're just going forward or this light on the dashboard of our life that says something's wrong, something's wrong. And it's so easy to get focused in on that. I don't know if you've ever had the check engine light come on and you tried to ignore it. But you can't, like you just have to keep looking at that negative thing. The idea behind this was to say, let's, let's try to focus on what's going right. Like my experience is, is that most days that I drive my car, none of those lights come on and things are good. And how can I appreciate that and be grateful for the fact that most of the time I get in my car and never have any difficulty, it's more of a rare thing that that light comes on and points out. And sometimes we need to live our lives that way. Let's focus on, I think you talked about writing in your gratitude journal every, every night, like think to think is my hashtag think to think, like, like be grateful, focus on what's good, focus on what you do well. Every day you and I see people who are upset at themselves or feeling inadequate or feeling afraid. If we could get them to turn their mind and think to think and focus on what's going right, we start to have courage and then things start to happen. Things start to yeah. go and I think that that flipping the perspective is like you said, like most of the time when we have little setbacks or dips in the grand scheme of the year, we might have five or 10 or 15 of those. But when you look at 365 days, we are doing pretty well. <laughs> if we're looking at the other remaining 350, you know, days are going pretty darn well, you yeah. know? And so like, I think you're absolutely right that I think that we have taken that for granted is like every day we get to find something joyful. We get to find a gift. We get to find like finding joy in the everyday, finding joy in the, the ordinary. Right. And you know, how do we maximize that and be like, yeah, yeah. today's a flipping flat, fabulous day, you know? Yeah. So the choice to do that is really ours. And, and yeah. there's, there's probably always something to be grateful for. There's probably always something good, but somehow this world teaches us to zero in on the negative. Maybe it's the news media. Maybe it's the, the negativity that just is so raw and real in our world. And we can change that by focusing on gratitude, focus on what's going right. I, I love that. I love that. So this kind of goes back to what we just, we already talked about, but it says, as long as you keep moving forward persistently, you will arrive. Like this is like setting that GPS system. And if we just allow ourselves to continue to move forward, yeah. eventually we'll get there. Yeah. And you just talked about in, in a recent, uh, I think, Facebook Live, uh, setting your GPS, right? I love that, that idea. Yeah. Sometimes we get so frustrated with where we want to be that we feel like we're not making any progress. But if you step on the gas, set your GPS and get moving, surely there might be some obstacles that come up. That's life. That's what happens. There's construction. And if you're, and if you're like me, you will inevitably take a wrong exit. Even though, I mean, one time it was, it was so funny. I was driving and um, we lived up North kind of by you at the time. 
And I was driving from downtown Denver to our house and somehow I missed an exit. I was probably distracted with my thoughts. I did, I missed the exit and I ended up in Brighton. And my husband goes, how did you, and I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you've drove, you've driven this road like for five years, like for five days a week. How do you miss an exit? I'm like, I have no idea, but I ended up in Brighton. So sometimes we will take a little detour, but it's also like, then the, the GPS will say redirect, redirect. And you know what? Yes. We'll have some bumps along the way. And you might have moments like me where you're like, okay, how did I end up in Brighton when I was supposed to be going to Denver? But if we stay, if we are, we are consistently staying on that path, we will eventually get there. Yeah. And I love that. Like in many times when we take that wrong exit or whatever, we don't just give up and just park the car and walk away and just stay in Brighton. <laughs> but we, sometimes, in life, sometimes in life, we do that. We take a wrong turn yes. in and then we stay there. We give up, we throw away the keys. We don't go anywhere. Rather than saying, hey, no, if you miss your exit, quickly turn around, get back on, get back on that route. That's what we do in, in the, on the yeah. road. We yeah. need to do that in life too. like quickly adjust, like recognize, hey, sometimes I take the wrong turn. Sometimes I go the wrong way, but as the yeah. quicker you get back on track and just keep going, just keep yeah. heading in the right direction um, and don't stop. And not beating yourself up about it, because I think so often, like we beat ourselves up about like when you say we get stopped, we get stuck. We they're like, OK, that's not going to work. And um, we beat ourselves up. It's like, you know, at this point now, it's very comical for me. And I'm like, how did I, one time, I will be honest, I was in Denver down, I was speaking at an event at Metro State University and somehow there was construction. So GPS was telling me one way, but I couldn't go one way. So I had to like, you know, like go this other way. And at one point, like I stump the GPS, like literally it has no way to tell me what to do. And I'm like, I think I just stumped GPS. Like it can't redirect me. Like it's like, total silence. And then there's no direction. They're like, and it actually goes like offline. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I got to take charge and figure out this new way. So that might be a new chapter for your third book is like how Terry Cardula stumped GPS, you know, and made it end, you know, but you know what it's again, we didn't stay stuck there. We figured out another way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the lesson, right? Is just yeah. to- and that's just like stay that's yeah. now tapping into your intuition, that's tapping into your knowing, that's tapping into your purpose, that's tapping into your passion. Be like, okay, we can figure this out, right? And literally for me, I was like, okay, if I just keep driving in one direction, I will come to a street that I know. Like, and then as soon as I did, I was like, Oh, I know where I'm at. Like yeah. go this way, right? So powerful, True. powerful stuff. Like, oh, go ahead. True in life as well. That's really why I wrote the second book and it's got the subtitle of On the Road Again, because that's part of the message is that there's still more to learn. There's still more to do. And let's just get back on the road to better living, to better loving, to better leading. Um, If you want to learn about success principles in a fun way to have a better life, that's why I did this. It's just fun to do that. And I'm so glad to be here sharing that with you. It is absolutely brilliant. I love your message. I love your gifts that you're bringing to the world. And what an honor. So as we wrap up here, I always like to end with like, you know, what kind of tip tool nugget that we can leave our audience members with that they can, you know, take away today. And there's, I mean, there's a plethora in both of his books. So you need to go grab his book. But in in addition to that, what can we do today or share today to leave our listeners with? Oh, thank you so very much. If you're interested in the book, please go to jmrjacobs.com or drivinglessonsforlife.com and check that out. Let me know what you think. Find me on social media. I'd love to know more. 
I think the tip that comes to my mind, um, I mentioned earlier that I was afraid to write a book. I didn't know anything about writing a book, but the goal was just to get started. Like no, no trip goes anywhere if you don't put the key in and, and step on the gas and, and get moving. And what happened is that things just unfolded. As I faced the fear, I started to write on a blog. Then I started to share my blog posts. And sure enough, that led me to someone that knew about publishing books, which led me to a publishing coach, which led me to the printers and all of those people that could help make this happen. And so really part of life is just getting in the car and stepping on the gas going forward. You're going to be afraid. You're going to be unsure. You're not going to know what to do. I can't believe I've got a second book coming out because I had no idea just seven years ago how even to do that process. But when we step on the gas and just get going, like you said, if you just get on that road and just keep heading, soon you'll see what you need. The sign will come up and you'll know, oh, I need to turn here. And the, the mm-hmm. GPS will say, hey, try this. And, and, and you'll be on the right path. And that led me to, to you and you wrote the forward to this book, second book coming out. And- you know, and, and Jim, I will be honest. When I received that, I was like, wait, what? And then I read it again. And then I read it again. And I was like, uh, it brought tears to my eyes. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I am like so honored for like, for that to be, you know, even considered. And I was like, wow. So thank you for that opportunity. So you guys want to go check that out and check out his book and, and, and Jim, thank you. Like, thank you so much. I mean, this is, this is the success stories that I like to highlight is because you listened to a download that you received and that, and you took action on that download. So often we don't take an action step with that download. So you receive this message like, Hey, this might be good. And it's so different, dynamic, outstanding. And so, you know, what a gift that you are to bring this message to the masses. So thank you for being here today and thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. I am so grateful that you joined me for this episode. If you've enjoyed this, then there's just one thing that I would like you to do. Click to subscribe and leave me a rating and review. As my way to thank you, let's connect for a free consultation. Just reach out to me at talkingwithterry, that's T-E-R-I dot com to book your time. What a brilliant idea. There are so many life lessons that we can take away from this conversation. Go grab his books, read, implement, and I wonder what you will create in your life.